no has to be the default because because I don't want to grow resources or employees or I can't grow my time, right? Like there's only 24 hours in a day and I only want to work probably four or five of them. I basically have to say no to everything. And then in order for it to be a yes, I basically have to go through in my mind, like does this... episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody and I am your host. And the other day I was thinking, man, I really want to simplify my work, simplify my business. Well, it wasn't just a few hours after I had that thought. I got an email from someone who introduced me to this incredible guy named Paul Jarvis, who teaches how to build better, not necessarily bigger businesses. And he applies minimalism to business. What does that look like? Now, minimalism, I have a lot of respect for that idea just in everyday life because it's, you know, we think about the external part of it, of getting rid of all this stuff, but actually there's a whole lot of inner work that has to be done in order to let go of things. Now, imagine the inner work that has to be done in order to minimalize your business because a lot of times we have so much pressure to do all of the things. And so what ends up happening is we spread ourselves so thin, we're doing all the things, but we're completely overwhelmed and probably not seeing the kind of results that we want to see. Well, Paul Jarvis, first of all, he's a super humble, humble guy, but he wrote this book, Company of One, which is currently being translated into 15 different languages. He's a writer, designer, podcaster, online course teacher, software creator. He says he has more tattoos than you, and he is ridiculously introverted. His writing has been talked about by everyone from Ashton Kutcher to Ariana Huffington. He's worked with clients such as Microsoft, Danielle Laporte, Mercedes-Benz, Marie Forleo, and Warner Music. His words have been featured in Wired, Fast Company, Vice, USA Today, and more. I could go on and on and on. But today, Paul talks to us about what true freedom in business looks like, how we really need to question this idea of enough. What is enough? And the problem with great opportunities. But before we get started, if you know of anyone who would love this specific conversation, maybe you've talked to them before and they feel so overwhelmed, they feel so much anxiety with doing all of the things. If there's one person that's sticking out in your mind right now, if you would just share this interview with them, I would greatly appreciate it. All right, let's get into this conversation with Paul Jarvis. Growth for the sake of growth leads people down uh, a bad path a lot of the times. I think funny, right? Because like we start, uh, most of the time we started businesses because we're like, oh, I want 
like the freedom to choose how I want to spend my day. I want the freedom to pick the people I want to work with, or I want the friends, like a lot of freedom based stuff. But then we get into it and well, I'm not a legitimate, I'm not a legitimate entrepreneur. I'm not a legitimate entrepreneur unless I like have some employees and have an office and then have a satellite office and then have offices. And it's like, why do you want those things? Like, is it to look good to other entrepreneurs or is it because it's something you really want? And I think that sometimes scale and growth is absolutely necessary, but it isn't always. And I mean, for me, I don't want to have a big business. I like having a, a business that's like me and a couple freelancers and that's it. And that gives me the most freedom. That gives me the the type of day that I want to have almost every day. Not It's not like every single day is like the best thing in the world and I wake up and rainbows and butterflies shoot out of my fingers. But like most of the time, the, the work that I do, I really enjoy. And the way that I run my business is a way that I really enjoy as well. Yeah. And you've been doing this for a minute. You've been doing this for a long minute. I, I think I read somewhere it was the like 90s. the 90s. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about your your entrepreneurial journey. I didn't plan on being an entrepreneur, to be honest. I was at an agency as a creative director at an agency. This was in the 90s. And I quit and I was going to go find another job because I loved the clients. I didn't love the agency and my boss. And I was like, I'll just go find it. Like the, the problem is just the company. So I'll go work for somebody else. And then the day after I quit... I started to get calls from clients who were like, we actually like working with you more than the rest of the agency. So wherever you go, we'll follow. Mm. And I got a bunch of these calls and I was like, what if I just work for these people? What if I just start my own company and work for these people directly? And that was 20 years ago. So it kind of stuck. Yeah. I do different things now. I don't do the same kind of work now, but that's kind of how it started. Yeah. And at what point did you come to this conclusion of did you have that pressure of like, oh, I need to make this into some big agency with all these employees? What point did this idea of just better, not necessarily bigger business come to play? Yeah. So for personally, I don't like managing people. Hmm. So I never wanted to have a business where I had to manage people because I feel like it would promote me out of a job I like to do, which is designing, writing, creating into a job I didn't like to do, which is managing other people. So for me, like the personal selfish reason was always just like, I just want to do the work. I don't want to tell other people how to do the work or manage other people. There are people put on this earth to be managers and they are phenomenal at it. I'm not that person. That's not me. So like, that's the reason why I didn't personally want to grow my business. And then I started to look into it a bit more and do research on it. But for me personally, that's it. So what does it look like practically when you say better, not bigger? Like what is your, what is the structure of your business right now? What are some of the things that you've said no to and the things that you've said yes to? Like, how do you decide what is a like minimalistic type business look like? No, ha- no has to be the default because, because I don't want to grow resources or employees or I can't grow my time, right? Like there's only 24 hours in a day and I only want to work probably four or five of them. I basically have to say no to everything. And then in order for it to be a yes, I basically have to go through in my mind, like, does this, does this benefit me? Because I think that, and this is where I think a lot of entrepreneurs get tripped up is opportunities are great. And if you're running a business where you are presented with opportunities for your business to do better, you feel flattered and it 
it pumps up your ego and you're like, this is an amazing opportunity. But I think the problem with amazing opportunities is that there's always a maintenance cost or an obligation or a debt associated with it, right? Hmm. So I basically don't want to do anything unless it is going to keep my freedom basically at the level that it's at. It's going to be profitable because it's a business. This isn't a hobby. I need to make money. I like making money. Um, And so I just kind of go through like, how would this affect my profits? How would this affect my existing customers? Because they're more important than customers I don't have. Um, How would this affect my happiness and how I want to spend my day? So it's like I say no to every single speaking gig ever offered to me because I don't like traveling for work. I used to have to all the time. I don't feel like it's a good use of my time. Super introverted, like you said in my bio. I don't feel like I connect well with people in large groups. So it's like, I'm just going to say no to all of those things. And then if I say no to almost everything, it gives me the space to say yes, just to the things that really matter to me, to my business, to my customers. Yeah. Paul, in in theory, all of this sounds so good, but when (laughs) you're talking, I feel like there's so much deeper inner work that comes into play with all of this because then you start tapping into that kind of a scarcity mindset and this panic of if I don't do all the things, I'll be overlooked. And that ability, which really is a strength to be able to say no and not become super fearful of, because, you know, you get, you get told like, oh, we got to do this, 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 this. And when I was like looking into your work, I was like, it was like a breath of fresh air. I'm like, he's not on all these platforms doing all this crazy stuff. It's so streamlined and simple. And I I felt like a breath of fresh air, but then too, honestly, I I felt like about doing that for myself. I start panicking a little bit and that scarcity starts coming in of like, but Heather, you need to be doing this, 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 this. What's the inner work? What place do you have to get to internally to be able to enter into this space? Yeah, I think it's being a little introspective. So I think we need to think about things like enough. And I think we need to think about like how much is enough, how will we know when we reach it and what will change if we do. And I think we can kind of break enough down into two separate types where, and this is where a lot of people get tripped up because in the beginning, when we start a business, we need growth. We need to say yes to most things because we have to go from zero to something. We need to grow into having an audience, having customers, having revenue, having profit, all those things. So growth in the beginning makes absolute sense because it's necessary and it's needed and it's valid to want those things. But if we never challenge or question, well, do I need to keep growing? Do I need to like join this other new platform? Do I need to be doing this? Do I need to be doing that? Then we're never, if we never challenge that mindset, we will never leave that mindset. Right. So unless we think, unless we start to think like, okay, maybe this growth no longer serves me, or maybe this thing no longer serves me, then we're never going to get to a place where we stop doing that thing because we're not going to change a habit unless we question that habit. And the other thing to that as well is I think a lot of entrepreneurs do things that don't directly relate to revenue. And I'm a big, analytics and stats nerd. I mean, I I run an analytics company. So I always like to think like, what does, does this thing have any effect on my revenue? Like does being on Facebook, for example, positively or negatively affect my revenue? Well, I've never been on Facebook and I've had a profitable company since day one. So, and it makes enough money, my business. So it's like, do I need to be there? No. Do I need to be on Instagram? No. Do I need to be on LinkedIn? Heck no. 
that sounds awful. Sorry if people really like LinkedIn, but it doesn't seem like a good idea. So things like that. If it doesn't, if if I don't need it, if it isn't going to give me that freedom that I desire, then I'm either going to question things I am doing, or I'm going to say like, okay, I'm fine not doing these things because I'm already at a place of, and this is the second part of enough is once you reach the place where say you have enough revenue or customers to support you, or you have the life that you want, then why do you need more? Right. So it's like I could get into all sorts of things to grow my business, but it's not going to make me happier. It's not going to make my business better. It's not going to make my business last longer. It's not going to make my existing customers happier. So what's why bother? I'd rather just do the work that I have to do and then be be done with it, make sure my customers are happy and then move on to other things. Oh man. One thing you you mentioned a couple of times is this, this idea of freedom. And I've I've mentioned before, you know, I think an entrepreneurship we glamorize like, oh, financial freedom. You can make your own money. You can scale this, you can scale that. And we don't talk enough about just that freedom piece, especially when you have family and all of that. I've just you can you can make your you can go tomorrow to co- to Colorado as long as they have Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? Like you have some freedom and stability there. And I don't think we celebrate that enough. For some reason, we we attach value, our worth, our businesses worth, just solely on the money that it's generating, and that is a piece, and that is awesome. But there is that freedom piece too. What other benefits have you seen? Freedom. What what else, what, are, what are you able in your life able to do now? What fruit has this yielded in your life? Thinking minimalistically. Yeah, I mean, I think just the, the idea that there, if there's an upper bound to things, it becomes a lot easier to think about. Because if there's not, then it's just like running towards the horizon. It's like you're getting sweaty. You feel like you're doing all of this work, but you're never going to get there. If you say like. I want my business to just keep growing, then how much is enough, right? Like if I know my business needs to make this much revenue each year to support, to like pay my mortgage, put money into savings, put food, put organic vegan food on the table for my wife and I, then I know how much my business needs to make. And if it makes that much, then I'm like, we're good here. Like (laughs) done kind of thing. But if I didn't have that upper bound, then I would be like, well, I just need, like, I wouldn't be satisfied. I would just be like more and more and more, even with things like my mailing list. My mailing list generates pretty much all of my income at this point. And it's at a size where I don't actually care if it gets bigger or not. Like, it's cool that people sign up and it does grow, but my focus is not on growth for it at the moment because it's reached a size where it supports me, it supports my life, it supports my business, it's profitable. So I don't have to constantly be worrying about like, okay, how am I going to get like another 100 subscribers today kind of thing. It's just like, I'm just going to write cool emails for the people who are paying attention. And that's good enough. And that that does what it needs to do. So I think it takes this, this burden and this stress by, by kind of thinking that if, if we figure out kind of what enough is for our business and all aspects of it, then it takes this burden or stress off of us to always be... Well, I need more, I need more, I need more. It's like you're never going to be satiated with more because you don't know what enough is. What What are some good questions? Because I think that's so such self-awareness of really figuring out what is enough. What are some questions we can ask ourselves to figure out what is enough? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would start to think about like how more would change your day, your day to day, like just mm. nuts and bolts day to day. How more would be beneficial or worse for your customers? How more would be beneficial to your income? How more could impact your time, say even time away from family? Um, how more could affect your profit? Because sometimes when you generate more revenue, you're not generating profit. Doesn't always it doesn't always work out that way. So I think just thinking about those sorts of things um, is really important. And I think as well, we have to consider ego, right? Because a lot of times growth serves our ego, and that's it. Like grow, like having a larger company, for example, may look better at a dinner party when somebody asks you, like, oh, what do you, like what does your business do? Like, how big is your business? If you say, oh, it's just me, then that may not sound as good as like, oh, I have a thousand employees and 15 offices in six countries. But like, I'm not running my business for some person I'm sitting beside at a dinner table, right? Like I'm running my business so that I make money and support my family and feel good. So I think kind of considering the, the part that our ego plays is, is huge. And it's, it's, it's hard to do. It's not easy work. 100% it's not easy work, but I think it's important to do. Do you, do you always have that in check or is there ever times where you have to kind of check yourself and your ego? Like, do you ever still get tempted to do all the things? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, I think the, the problem is that I think when we think that we're uh, immune to the effects of ego is when we are most susceptible. Like, I'm like, oh, I got this. Like, I, I told, like, I'm so self-aware about this. And then it's like, I look back a month later and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> this was awful. And then I have to kind of reel it back in. Right. So I think a, a lot of this as well is like me learning the hard way and me going too far in one direction and then being like, oh no, like yeah. this is bad. And then having to change things dramatically because I'm like, I did not check in on myself for a little while. And sometimes we, it's hard, right? As an entrepreneur, like you get so busy in the day-to-day -day of your business. You don't take the time to take a step back and think about your business because you're just working on your business. And I think that, that it, it's hard to not have that as the default state because it feels good to be busy because if we're busy, we're wanted, we're making money. Like busy is good in that regard, but it's bad in have I checked in on my business? Like, are things going the way that I want them to go? Is this a direction that I think is beneficial for me and for the business in the future? And so I think trying to like carve out a bit of time every week to think about those things is kind of important. I don't do that. I should. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel you. What led you to bring kind of this, this subject and build a platform on it and kind of fight against this cultural issue in our, in our entrepreneurial space? Because you could have just said, you know what, I'm going to be minimalistic. I'm going to be focused and, you know, have a better, not bigger business and just reap the benefits of that. But then stepping out and using your voice and trying to shift culture, I mean, make an impact in this way. You didn't have to do that. So what, what tipped you over into that arena? It was an accident. Just like starting, just like starting. It was an accident. <laughs> All an accident. I think expertise, with expertise, you're either lucky or wrong. Um, so for this... <laughs> It's true. Think about it. It's true. Wow. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but so for this specifically, the question you specifically asked me, 
Um, I write a newsletter, weekly newsletter. It's called The Sunday Dispatches. I named it that because I wanted to force myself to write an article and you can share it with my list. And so a couple years ago, I was like, I'm just going to explain to my audience kind of the weird and quirky way that I run my business in a minimal way. And I just want people to understand me a bit better. So I'm going to write an article. I think it was called something like, I don't care about growth. And I shared it with my audience. And I usually get, I don't know, 100, 200 replies to my newsletter. And for that one, I got over 1,000, like 12 or 1,400 replies. And it was all people saying, I thought I was the only one who ran my business like this, who didn't care about building an empire or growth. And I was like, there's actually a lot of people who are kind of in a similar mindset, but feel isolated because it's different from the current business paradigm. Mm. And I was like, oh no, I got to write about this more. And then I got to write a book about this. And luckily, um, my agent and publisher were were on board with it being a completely different take on running a business and let me run with it. Tell me a little bit about your book. Um, that's really the book is challenging the idea that the bigger is better and kind of looking at it through all aspects of your business from customer service to sales and marketing um, to, to long-term success. So what's next from here, Paul? What's your vision moving forward? I have no idea. I suck at long-term planning, but I also, so it's scary to be in that place. I understand because I have a freak out all, every now and then with like, I don't know what I'm doing next, but I've also found that by not really planning that far in advance or not being like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm open to opportunities that I really, really want to say yes to because I've said no to everything else because I don't really plan like, the year before I wrote my first book, I had no idea that I wanted to be a writer. The year before I launched my first software company, I didn't know I wanted to be... I didn't know I wanted to have software. The year before I was an entrepreneur, I didn't even know that I was going to start my own company, right? So I'd rather just kind of leave myself open to the things that really tug on me to be like, hey, let's pursue this direction. And it could fall flat on its face completely, but... It might not. Um, I'll, I'll see when I get there and when I passed it and look back in hindsight. So it seems like you're, you really focus on present and leaning into intuition. Yeah, I try. <laughs> yeah. Would you have any practices around that? Cause that's, I'm kind of new to the, that, that space of just, I'm naturally very high strung, drink a lot of coffee, very extroverted. It's very hard for me to quiet my mind and like tune in to intuition and all that. And I've been practicing and trying to learn from people. Do you have any kind of, tips or practices that you do that helps you calm the mind, listen and be present in the moment? Yeah. Yoga, meditation, the, the, the normal stuff um, for, for this type of work. I also read a lot of books. I think um, it's important to kind of expand our, our, our way of thinking. I think books are a great way. I don't just say that because I'm an author. I've always really, I've always really liked reading. But I think people can be scared of, of things like meditation because they think it's just some like hippy-dippy thing. And I think it's it has complete and utter practical applications. Like I'm the most pragmatic person in the entire world, but I still think things like that have huge practical implications. And I also just I also like to kind of think like, what are the things that I do that make me more present? right? Like the types of work, like that's why 
when I'm drawn to moving in a certain direction, I want to move in that direction because it's the type of things that make me just forget time and just like work on that thing. Mm. And writing for me was that. I didn't know it was that for me. So I'm not even a big fan of passion. Like I don't want to follow my passion. I just want to do work and see what becomes passionate Mm. later about it. I love it. Paul, where can people connect with you online? Sign up for your newsletter, grab your book, all the good stuff. Those are the things. Grab grab the book. Uh, My newsletter is the best way to... I guess, read the things that I'm thinking about and and see what I've got coming up because I don't even know until it's there. So Sunday Dispatches and Company One, best things. Very cool. Very last question. Let's say you were to go back in time to Paul back in the 90s when he was getting all these leads in, these people saying, hey, I, I want to I wanna work with you. And you get this idea, like, I'm going to start a business. And you were just beginning down this path and probably had no idea where you were going to end up. If you could go back to him back then and tell him one thing, what would that be? I'm such a time travel nerd. I read so many time travel books. I feel like it would it would hurt the the space time continuum if I did that. <laughs> <laughs> but if I did do that, I would probably just say like keep ex- keep experimenting with things. Like like I said, ex- expertise is being lucky or being wrong. So just keep trying things. And if something doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. And if something does work, it doesn't mean you're on that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders, and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.